De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast. An I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're welcoming back Kamala Thompson for the very first episode of our new monthly series that we're calling CMO Confidential. Feels like an old movie. In this series, Kamala and I will be revealing the topics that marketing leaders wrestle with without the marketing hype. For this week, Kamala and I will be talking about cross-functional alignment, when to pivot from an underperforming investment, and the balance between long and short-term growth. Kamala Thompson is the VP of Marketing at Caliber Mind, which is the leading B2B platform for revenue insights you can trust. Kamala is also the host of the Revenue Marketing Report podcast. So far this week, Kamala and I have talked about cross-functional alignment on basic data definitions. And today, we're going to continue our conversation by discussing when is it time to pivot from underperforming investments. Okay, here's my conversation on CMO Confidential with Kamala Thompson, the VP of Marketing at Caliber Mind. Kamala, welcome back to The Fun Show. Thanks for rejoining me. Thanks for having me. Okay, so this is my topic. Kamala, we had yesterday, we had your topic, which was alignment. This is mine. And where this is coming from is that this is really the quarter-to-quarter hand-to-hand combat we all deal with as revenue leaders, not just marketing leaders, which is when do we recognize when something's not working? How are we exposing that that's happening in a way that allows us to continue to be credible? And then when do we decide to back off that and move on to something else? So this is very top of mind for me. I started a year ago, Kamala. This is an organization, Lean Data, that had a lot of success before I joined. It was a rocket ship with lots of growth, but the board tasked me with, of course, increasing the growth. (laughs) I'm wondering when, like, I think it's 5,000% when the investors would be happy. Their job really is to drive us. That's their job at the end of the day. And you make a series of investments, a little bit like Vegas for CMOs, except it's your home office and it's your career you're risking here, right? So you're you're pushing chips in the middle of the table. You're going, this is going to work. This is going to work. This is going to work. And I have to say, my approach here, Camelon, I want to hear about how you approach these things, because that, again, it's not just me who's dealing with this. My approach ultimately is to say, what are those smart goals heading in that I can attach to heading out? And that's pretty much the easy part, I feel like, right? We, we can see what are underperforming goals. The thing is that happens for me quite often is you've got a fairly long tail to results. And you know how early as those results are coming in, are you going, eh, it's time to pivot? So I would take that back to you. Are you dealing with a similar situation now where you've got investments that are sort of on the edge? We're entering into this weird little economy right now. Q2 is not the best. Are you facing a similar situation? Oh, yes. And can I just put it out on the table that one of the hardest investments to track and make a determination on is paid? We rely so much on UTM parameters to track all of that back. (laughs) 
that we're relying on humans to enter text in the perfect format so we can keep tracking it back. And how often does that happen? So I think it's one of the hardest things to sell to the rest of the executive team because they hear over and over from people that it doesn't work. You can't hire contractors. We can draw correlations. We can stop doing something and see how much it drops. But man, that is a scary thing to do. So I think that's probably where I struggled the most. The other investments, even dark social and the dark funnel, I have a little bit more confidence in. It's just rough. Do you kind of struggle with the same area of the business or have we solved that? Oh, I, I think performance marketing is just taking a beating in general. And it did something similar at the beginning of the pandemic, right? We just saw the numbers tank. You know, I'm, I'm sitting back to my, you know, dark office on the side wing of my house at one in the morning as the pandemic's rolling through and I'm watching the digital numbers just tank out. And I think that's a really good example of where within that moment, there was also opportunity. So my CPAs for, for Facebook, my CPAs for PPC were going way, way down. And so you know, sort of back to our conversation yesterday when it came around alignment, one of the things I didn't have at that point in time was alignment with our board in terms of how patient or impatient should they be with that type of investment. And I have to say, it smacks of the, that era right now as we're looking at performance marketing. It's definitely in decline. But I would say, Campbell, what I'm looking at, here's my moment of revelation. Here's the CMO confidential moment. But I was making a mistake I've made in the past, and I made it again, and I chased the bottom of the funnel. And in performance marketing, be careful when you do that. Be careful. Yeah, there are some formats that are just better suited for driving awareness top of funnel. And when you try to pivot those to like demo requests and things like that, your numbers just explode and it's not good. But if you have somebody at your desk saying, I need more at-bats every five minutes, it's really hard not to cave. <laughs> totally feel you. It is. It is. And I, and I have to say that, you know, we're taking an easy one, Campbell. I thank you for that. You know, I have to say I've, I've not had nearly enough coffee, even though it's almost 1130 in the morning here. But you gave me an easy one. Can I bounce a hard one off, off of you here that that I think we've all been tasked with? And I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there, which is content marketing. Yeah. Right. So content marketing, lots. Of, by the way, it is the king. It is the queen. It is the thing that drives all of our inbound when done well. Content marketing has this writ that is really ridiculous, right? It is meant to help your top of funnel. It is meant to help your middle of funnel. And it's meant to help your bottom of funnel. And quite often, we peanut butter spread our content marketing efforts. And I will tell you, this is one of the upsides for me this last quarter is that as I look back, great investment. Our content marketing has paid off in spades in terms of both SEO performance and P1s, which is our way of saying really important, as an example, demo request, really important leads, that's paid off really, really well. And to me, that actually was this moment where I was like, oh, God, thank you, because that is a long-term investment. And when it pays off more quickly in the short term, those are the wins we take home. We go, fantastic. And they tend to balance out things like degradation and performance marketing. Yes, absolutely. And I'm a content marketer at heart. So my best foot forward is always arguing for content marketing. And the way I do that is experimentation. So we have a content strategy that we roll on a consistent basis. So we're constantly putting out articles, this cadence, epic pieces at this cadence, you know, the drill. What I like to layer on on top are just really strange experiments to to see whether or not we can also drive short term 
And it turns out the internet likes me being a bit of a fool on LinkedIn. Because <laughs> whenever we do something really humorous and it plays to the marketing ops side and it gets that emotional cord going, we see an uptick. But content marketing is, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where we just did a CMS migration. We didn't do a rebranding. We didn't change the language a lot. All we're trying to do is make the website more mobile responsive. And that is just SEO, surely SEO. And that is a really hard argument to make right now when things are kind of slowing down. It's tough. You have to have a leadership team that trusts you and is willing to wait things out long enough for you to prove yourself. So congratulations for for hitting that milestone. But man, that is hard to do. I totally agree. It's hard to do, and it's the typical decision we're facing. And I, and I have to say, I'll bring up another one, Kamala, and I would love to hear you know your perspective on this. But we recently launched a new product. I know you're in a similar spot. You've got a product launch coming out. New product introduction is just, oof, it's action-packed, right? It's hyper important that marketing get it right. We originally had a product introduction, amazing product. We'll go through what it was. We introduced it in May. I thought we had a great plan, Camel. I have to say, I was really excited about how we were introducing the product to the marketplace. And I'll tell you, within eight weeks of getting it out there, our strategy out there, we realized pretty quickly, it wasn't going to work. We were chasing the bottom of the funnel again, right? And so when you're having these moments when you decide that an investment's not working out, quite often what ends up happening is that your pivot comes when you understand what the solution is. So I find that one of the keys to you know helping make that decision, whether it's working or not, is when you recognize what the solution is. And for our new product introduction, we went digital. To go back to the original, we went all digital. And guess what we didn't do? We went bottom of funnel. We didn't think about the wraparound content. We didn't think about the wraparound digital aspects of the buyer's journey. And that's long-term, right? We tend to chase that bottom funnel. That's That was my confidential moment before is that that was the mistake. I had chased the bottom of the funnel when it came to new product introduction. Do you feel like you're facing something similar, some, some sort of hairy decisions when it comes to your product launch coming up? Oh, absolutely. I think I'm lucky in that we've already started testing out some key content pieces. We've started building and researching those keywords that we need to start going after. And we're starting to test a bit on the paid front. Where... I struggle is how much time to dedicate to sales enablement and take away from all of those content generating, lead generating activities. So when you have a very small team, limited resources, your product marketer is going to be the most knowledgeable about messaging, personas, use cases, all of that good stuff. And it behooves you to, to get your sales team up to speed. But when you're really, really lean, that may mean dialing back on some of that momentum that you need to build ahead of time. It is just a really tough call to make. How do you go about balancing out those sorts? Maybe you don't need to, but I think all of us have that balancing act of where we put our chips and hedge our bets. Okay, that's another episode, but I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do my best to, to answer that one concisely, Kamala. But what I would say is this. The shorthand that I use in terms of making investment decisions or backing off of is I have a set of heuristics or kind of early indicators I'm leaning into and looking for. And I have to say, here's the cheat, folks. Here's the thing that we're going to admit to here on CMO Confidential. We have lots of data. And so we do not lack for data to help us make decisions. So it's more an emotional decision sometimes I find because 
to get this stuff done, you're rallying teams of people. You're getting cross-functional alignment. You're working your butts off to make sure that something gets in market. And quite often, it's the emotional side. Because I will tell you, more often than not, I have oodles of data that tell me that it's performant or that it's not performant. And if you find yourself in a situation where that data is is obvious, so I'll give you a, an example, Campbell, and that is that I was seeing that for my new product introduction, that my top of final numbers on digital were spectacular, right? That was my early heuristic, right? My CPC numbers were great. My open rate and click-through rates, my CVR was ridiculous. Like all of those things look fantastic, but my trailing heuristic was CPA and my CPA wasn't getting it done. And so guess what? Here I am admitting again to chasing the bottom of the funnel. What we ended up doing was working our butts off through variations in messaging and offer to take advantage of what was happening at the top of the funnel. Well, guess what? We hadn't convinced people that we deserve their respect and trust, even though we're a great brand and we have great products. We had not earned that trust. So I did it. I went, I saw all the early indicators were great. My trailing indicator was bad. And guess what? Ignore the trailing indicator. This is not months, guys. This was weeks, two, three weeks. And part of what drove that decision for me was my team working their butts off and not wanting to disappoint the team. So in many ways, I feel like what we're not fighting is a lack of data. What we're fighting is our emotional investment that we have to make on those bets. Drowning in data, starving for insights. It's a common affliction. Yeah, I'm kind of known for only looking at a few core metrics and then pushing on my team to really explore all of those data points you just mentioned. I do it too, but we want to get them in the habit of if we see a top line indicator and earlier or later lagging, we need to know how to do that research and that really equips them for the rest of their career. Can I try and boil things down for us, Kamala? Can I be so bold? Do it. All right. Here's my bottom of the line advice to everybody that's listening in today. Make the call first. That's my advice. Don't let somebody make the call for you, right? Don't don't let that hang in there. And again, again guys, guess what? You have good investments. You're going to have them and you're going to recognize them and other people are going to recognize them. But guess what? That's the easy part. My advice here is this. Be the first to recognize that you've got a problem. Don't hide the ball and get it out there. Because guess what? When you hide the ball, <laughs> somebody finds it. And guess what? They're going to be talking to the next VP of marketing or next CMO. So, Kamala, any last words of advice to people on making that decision? Absolutely. If you're waiting until the end of the quarter to look at your data, it's too late. Do not let somebody spring it on you like you just mentioned. I just want to echo that. Great advice. Very solid. All right. Well, there we go. Guys, you have everything you need to know about making investments and when to make a pivot. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about long-term versus short-term growth. I think it's a pretty good springboard for us, Kamala. Thanks for joining me today. Hope you'll come back. <laughs> All right. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Kamala Thompson, VP of Marketing at Caliber Mind, for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about Kamala, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is Kamala Thompson, or visit her company website at Caliber Mind. Just one thing in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is at MarketAdvocate. 
If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we'll publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. We'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.